Have you had a good week? Have you had a great week? Let's, uh, let's begin. We've already said thank you to God for everything that's happened this week, for every person, but let's say thanks to our cooks, to our leaders, to our adult sponsors, to our, our ministry partners. Can you join me in saying thanks to all those people who came and, and helped you serve this week? I want to say a special thank you to our student ministry staff, Amanda, all of her team for all the work that they've done. Will you give them a hand for the way they've blessed you this week? You've talked about purpose, you've talked about making a plan, you've talked about passion. My favorite moment of the week so far uh, was hearing Amanda tell the story of snot and, 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 and in that beautiful youth pastor way, just kind of weaving that into the story of faith by telling you that if there is a purpose for snot, there is a purpose for you. Boy, that's beautiful right there. That is absolutely beautiful. I will tell you, Amanda, there will come a day when you will have to retire that story. Because I used to have a great poop story. I mean, it was an awesome. But that child is old enough to where I can't tell that story anymore. But it was a great illustration of the explosive love of God. Uh, my name is David, and I'm the senior pastor here, which means I'm not supposed to tell stories about poop anymore. But I want to share just a, just a few minutes with you at the end of, again, what I, what I trust has been an amazing, amazing week for you. You may not know that the first six years of my ministry, I was a youth pastor. And so as a youth pastor, I did a lot of trips, like the trip that you have been on this week, like the experience that you have had uh, this week. Uh, before that, I was in college. I went to AM. I was on staff at the, thank you, yes, yeah, yeah. I was on staff at the campus ministry there, and we did lots of work projects just like you have done uh, in this last, uh, last week. Uh, when I was your age, when I was in junior high and high school, I grew up in the church, and growing up in the church, I went on lots of mission trips, and so I tell you all, all that to say, I know what you did this week. I know how hard you worked this week. I know how tired you feel right now. Adults, I know how exhausted you feel beyond just that, oh, I'm tired, I'd like a shower, but like that bone tired, you now know what bone tired means, right? Like you can feel it in your bones, you're, you're so tired. I know what you did this week and I know that you've had an incredible week because every single time I've been in a part of an experience like this, I've gotten to the end, I've thought, that is, this has just been an amazing week. I remember my first mission trip, we went to San Marcos, San Marcos River Work Camp. And I was 14 or 15, and I got home at the end of that week, and I remember coming home and telling my parents, it was an amazing, it was an amazing week. If we ever do that again, I want to do it again. And then the next year, we did another trip, and I went on the second trip, and I thought, this was even better than the first one. And then we went on our third trip. I think we went to, to Tennessee, to the Tennessee Mountains to do work camp. And it was on that third trip that I remember kind of stepping back and asking myself, why do I like this? Like as a 16-year-old kid, nothing else in my life was like what I did that week of mission trip. If someone had just come up to me randomly and said, hey, this is what we're going to do next week. We're going to go sleep on the floor. We're going to go work outside in the heat. You may get one shower a day. You know, if, if someone had come and said, you're going to come to a week that has nothing to do with about you, at 16, I would have thought, you know, there's some other things I could do this week. And there's some other things you could have done this week. 
Like you could have slept in till 10 or 11 or noon or into the next day. I don't know how long you sleep in. You, you, you could have stayed home, played video games, stayed in the air conditioning, hung out with your friends. There's a new Minions movie out. Did you know that? You could have gone to see that. Uh, Marvel introduced a new super, superhero, I think, just to get more money out of you. You can go see Ant-Man. You could see Jurassic World for the 10th time. There were lots of things you could have done this week, including just doing nothing. You could have done absolutely nothing, but you didn't do that. And have you thought about why? Have you thought about why? Have you thought about why at the end of this, you you find yourself after spending a week that had nothing to do about you and what you wanted to do, but about serving and blessing others. Why was that fun? Have you thought about the fact that that's a little bit weird? Your parents have, if you haven't, okay? Your parents have. I mean, they can't get you to pick up your room or clean your clothes or take out the trash or do any dishes. And yet this week, this week was not about you at all. You gave of yourself in incredible ways. And I guarantee you, if, they, if you're not thinking that's a little weird, they are. This is, I mean, they think it's great. They're expecting more next week, just so you know. <laughs> have you thought about why? Why is that? What, what is it about this experience that at the end of it, we'd say, wow, that's, that was kind of fun. My air mattress deflated in the middle of the night. That was awesome, you know? <laughs> why is that? And here's what I want you to know tonight. There's actually a really good reason why. So there's two reasons I want to share with you. It's because of who God is and because of who you are. It's because of who God is and who you are. So I'm going to read you two passages of Scripture that respond to that, that, that illustrate for you what those two things, who God is and who you are. I'm going to read you first from 1 John chapter 4. This is, listen to how John describes who God is. He says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son in the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love God one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Now I want to make sure you caught that, what John said about who God is. John said, God is love. That's who God is. God is love. And I want, I want to make sure you understand what he's saying here, and, and it might help you to hear what he's not saying. John is not saying that, well, nine times out of ten, God tends to do the loving thing. God, uh, John is not saying that, that God, you know, as he's thinking about you, most of the time he's doing so with loving thoughts. No, what John is saying is that God is love. In other words, love, what love is, is who God is. God is the embodiment of love. It means that everything that God thinks, everything that God says, and everything that God does is from Love, which means that God is different than you and He's different than me. See, here's what you do and here's what I do. We sometimes think one thing and we do another thing. Have you ever noticed that you do this sometimes? You think that I'm going to do something brave, but then you get up to that moment and you get a little bit 
afraid. We think one thing and we do another thing. We're we're kind of uh, walking contradictions sometimes. We think one thing and we do another thing, but that's not how God is. God is love, meaning in everything that passes through the mind of God, everything that passes through the heart of God, every activity of God is love. That's who God is. God is love. And also notice what John says about this kind of love. This isn't like, oh, he's cute kind of love, or oh, she's cute kind of love. This is love that is based in a word that is so, 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 so important if you're going to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. John says that love is sacrifice. This is how we know what love is. This is how we know what love is. 1 John 3.16, not John 3.16, 1 John 3.16 says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our life for our brothers and sisters. God is love. That's who God is. And love is sacrifice. Which means that this week, as you've served in the, in the ministry context that you've been a part of, those who've been outside in the sun helping families, you, you have done something that is so connected to who God is. Because God is love, and, and the love of God is about sacrifice. And so you and what you have done this week, you have connected with the heart of God. You have done something. You've been a part of something. You have stepped into a stream, a, a river of something that is, that is God's heart and God's desire and God's thoughts. So one of the reasons that you come to a week, at the end of a week like this, and you think, wow, that was, that was actually kind of fun, is because you've connected to the heart of God. You may, you may not even know that. You, you, that may have been totally unintentional. But that's part of what's happened this week. You've connected to the heart of God. But there's another reason. There's a second reason. It's not only because that's who God is, but it's also because it's who you are as well. So that was at the end of the Bible. If you turn to the beginning of the Bible, in fact, this is kind of the first page of the Bible. Just this Genesis 1, verse 27. Listen to this. It says, so God created mankind, humankind, you and I, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish and the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, well, I'm not going to read the rest of that, but God, you are created in the image of God. This is the creation story. This is day six and on day six, God makes, makes something that is totally different than everything else that he has made. And what's different about you and what's different about me is that we have been created in the image of God. That means that you were made the substance of your life that is love. You were made from love. And you were made for love. You were made from love and you were made for love, which is why you come to the end of a week like this, a week that you have said, this is not going to be about me, this is going to be about making other people's lives better. I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to serve, I'm going to take myself out of my place of comfort, I'm going to leave behind the parts of my life that I like, that that make me feel good, and I'm going to do something for someone else, and at the end of it you think, well that was kind of fun, it's a little bit weird, I don't know why, well here's why, it's because of who 
who God is. It's because of who you are, because you were made for the purpose of living with God's love and for God's love. So if something's come alive in you, it's because something has actually come alive in you. It's because you have connected with a treasure that God planted in your heart and your life before you took your first breath. You have actually connected with who you really are and what your life is about. And that's why at the end of that, when you walk away from an experience of serving others, of giving of yourself to others, you walk away and you think, wow, I feel alive. Of course you do. Because you were made for this. You were made for this. Your life was never, ever, ever intended to be about you. Your life was intended to be about love. Love that reveals itself in sacrifice giving yourself to others. And so if you feel like something has come alive within you, it's because something's coming alive within you. And you at an early, early age are learning a lesson that so many others spend a lifetime trying to figure out, what is my life really about? It's not about you. It's about love. It's about the love from which you were made and for which you were made. So here's a question. At the end of this week, this amazing experience that may have surprised you a little bit, where will you go from here? Where will you go from here and how will you go from here? Will you go from here and go back to whatever your life was about last week? Will you go back to a life that's just about you and what you want, making your life better? And, or will you leave here, will you go here and say, I want to live a little bit differently. I want to stay connected to this thing that is coming alive in me. I want to live a life that's not about me. I want to live a life that's about something bigger than me. I want to live a life connected to something that will live long beyond my days. I want to stay connected to this thing that is coming alive in me. If that's your heart and that's your desire, if God has done something in your life, if you feel like there's something that's coming alive in you, let me tell you what the first step is. It's really, really simple. The first step is this. The first step is simply saying to God, saying to Jesus, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. That's the first step. That's all it is, is saying, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. And some of you may have, may have already done that. You may have already taken that first step. Here's the second step and the third step and the fourth step. The consistent step of faith is waking up every single day and again saying, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Another way of saying that is saying, Jesus, I will go where you tell me to go. 
because I want my life to be about this thing that's coming alive in me. I wanna, I'm beginning to understand that my life is not about me. It's about something that is much bigger than me. It's about saying, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I will go where you want me to go. And I wonder if some of you today, as you come to the end of this week, I wonder if some of you today, maybe for the first time, or maybe you just need to say again, I don't want to go back to the life that I was living. Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. And so as we prepare to come and receive communion, these elements of Christ's sacrifice, we're going to close in a word of prayer. And if that's the words that you want to share with Jesus, I want to invite you to share those with him. To say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. And after you come and receive communion, here's the second thing I want you to do. If that's the prayer that you're going to pray tonight, here's the second thing I want you to do that may be a little bit hard for you to do, but I want you to do it. I want you to come to this altar, and some of our staff are going to be here, and I just want you to ask them to pray for you. Because they want to bless you and pray for you as you pray that prayer tonight. Together with you to say, Jesus, we want you to be Lord of our life because something has come alive in us and we don't want to walk away from this. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for those experiences in life where you move us out of the way where you invite us, Lord, to serve and to sacrifice and to give. And in that process, Lord, we, we have the opportunity to experience you. We feel love and compassion and grace for others, Lord. And we know your scripture tells us that that love and grace, we only have it because it, it comes from you. And so tonight, Lord, I pray for these students. I give you thanks for everything that they have done this week. And most especially, Lord, for what you have been doing in them. And maybe, just maybe, Lord, someone tonight might say for the first time, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. And if that's you today, would you share that prayer with Jesus? If you're at a place where you need to, to say it again, would you, would you share that prayer with Jesus? Jesus, we want you to be Lord of our lives. Hear the prayers of these, your sons and your daughters. We want you to be Lord of our life. Thank you for your love and for the incredible opportunity we have had this week, Lord, to share that love with others. All these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.